0: The, for the teams in the West, because, you know, I know your partner, Jerry DiNardo, lives and dies by recruiting. Yeah. And and you look at the teams, and, and you know, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, always seem like they're within the top 15. You, you'll yeah. even see, uh, you know, Michigan State and, and Maryland. They're somewhere between, you know, 20 to 30. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, you got five teams over in the East, and then your first team in the West may jump in, at, like, around 38 to 40. what What is yeah. it – what's the challenge of for the teams in the West that they just can't bring in the same amount of talent that the, the teams in the East can?
1: Well, listen, I, I think it has a lot to do with what's happening on the field. I mean, that's a big part of it as well. Uh, and and I, I think when you talk about the, the teams that have represented the West in the, in the Big Ten championship games, and I mentioned them, Northwestern, you know, Iowa and uh, Wisconsin, that have had an opportunity to really – have chances to, to take that next step, particularly with, with the Badgers, um, they, they don't recruit that way. They, they recruit a little slower. Um, they don't necessarily go after uh, the highly rated players, which, you know, there's, there's a thought process behind that because even there at Michigan State, we saw when Coach uh, Mark D'Antonio started to go after those higher four and five-star players, Right. it, it kind of set, set the program back, quite frankly. I think it was, what, the, the 2016 class? Right. Or the 2017 class. Well, I mean, it was really a talented group.
0: No, but see, here's the thing. He went after talent, and, and, and that group, that, man, that was putting gasoline and matches together. He didn't realize – he, I think at that point he stepped way out of his comfort zone. But when you look at that, the 2013 to 2015 years, mm-hmm. those were all a lot of guys. They were local guys, but, yeah, they were yeah. they were the four- and five-star talent players mm-hmm. that they went out and got. And he yeah. mixed in the Trey Waynes and the Darquez Deniers and the Shaleek Calhouns, but yeah. you had your Lawrence Thomases. You, you had your Malik McDowell's before he went off the deep end. Mm-hmm. You, you had your players, but, yeah, you're right. When he went 2016- at that point, I think he just said, you know what, I'm going to go national and bring in as many players as I can. And that, yeah, that that's that's what set him back. But, yeah. but see, I always said I thought that was his mistake because even though you made a mistake, you can't stop. Okay, we had a bad class. What did you learn from that? We still got to go out and keep recruiting that way. Yeah. Because if you just say, nah, that's not for us, it, it, just taking that Michigan State team for example – it set them back for the next few years where, yeah, you saw as guys graduated, the next person wasn't there, mm-hmm. and it just got progressively worse and worse until, you know, he ended up walking away, and that class he brought in, I think only three people are left from his last class. So it it, it, it was like I'm not saying you give up, but I do think that in the West – you do have to go out and swing for the fences because I, yeah, I don't think that this you, is acceptable. You let
1: me let me throw this one out at you too. Talking about Michigan State as well with the, with the recruiting process, it was during that it was coming off. First of all, it was coming off that Georgia game, yeah. Uh, when you really felt like okay, we have got to do a better job recruiting. That's fine, but but I think the challenge becomes you know being able to to develop those guys when they get there and being able to identify who it is um, you really need to go after and who's going to be a good fit. And that's always going to be difficult. But, you know, I think when we switch back over to the West, you know, they're trying to figure it out. They, they, they really are. And I think um, when you look at guys uh, like Brett Bielman, who's been in the sec, he's seen what back offices are looking like. He started, he's built his back office, Really, he's built that up. Um, You you look at uh, Minnesota, you know, they still have some challenges recruiting, but, you know, that's a program that should be able to dominate in recruiting because, you know, they're right there in Minnesota. But, again, you still have to get those players to to be able to come north. And it's, you know, it's a little bit of a challenge sometimes uh, in some of those recruiting trips. But, listen, he's got a chance, I think, to, you know, winning nine games this year. And and that would be, you know, an outstanding feat. So I I think it's a slow burn. I think you have to continue to stick with it. But I, I think ultimately, you know, when you are a national brand like the Michigans, like you know, the Ohio State, uh, Penn State and Michigan State is coming on because of what Tucker is doing on the recruiting side of it as well. And also on the field, you have to be able to be 24-7 has to be recruiting. That's yeah. what it has to be. It's 24-7. And, and if you're not buying into that mentality and, and you're thinking, that, oh, well, we can take a month off here, we can take a month off there. No, it, it doesn't stop. Those recruits, they when they want to make that swing to the Midwest and they want to hit Ohio, they want to hit Michigan and hit Man. Michigan State as well, somebody's got to be there. A coach has to be there. The head coach particularly, you would love for him to be there because you know, he doesn't obviously have a chance to go off campus as much. And you got to be around the program and, and that's what it ultimately is going to take and you know it's not that way necessarily in the west i think things are going to have to change particularly if, if you continue to go with, with my theory is going to be one conference and you know it, it's going to be tougher and tougher to, to to win championships but if you don't have the players you're guaranteeing yourself a chance not to win right see i thought nebraska was the
0: team that was about to get that reestablished. Just even going back, not just Adrian Martinez, but with Taylor Martinez, I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. They went in, they got the QB, and that normally if you get that quarterback, you could draw other people in. Yeah. But for some reason, it just didn't work. But I, I really thought that Nebraska was about to be that team that went back to bringing in the big-name recruits because, Howard, they have that brand. that The, yeah. the, the block in, that red end means something out in the Midwest. And I thought, okay, with Scott Frost there, okay, they're going to get a better type of player there. And and I always thought that the both Martinez's, they're not brothers, but I always called them Martinez brothers, was uh-huh. going to be able to take them over the the, the top, and, and and you couldn't. So I I guess I mean it's and we kind of hinted about this in a few episodes ago. If you're Nebraska, is it as simple as you you go out and and you just go pay as much money as you can? to an Urban Meyer or to that top coach that's out there just to kind of reestablish your brand?
1: Well, we go back and we think about when Nebraska was really rolling and it's, it's been some time, but you know, Bo Pelini had him rolling too. He was winning. Nine games and they ran him out of town. Right. So, but it was more so I think of what the, what the image looked like on television when uh, Bo would get after his players. But, you know, they've been trying to to find that next guy and it's been a, a, a swing and a miss each time. But I think what they have to be able to do is they have to be able to go into, uh, back into Texas, because that's when they were rolling. Right. They were able to get into Texas. They got a lot of players from out there. And then quite frankly, um, you know, when, when Bo was there, they were going into Ohio. I mean, they were, They were beating Michigan State on players in Ohio because it was a time for a stretch where Ohio State wasn't even getting Ohio. They didn't want the players in Ohio. You're right. State of Ohio because they they thought they could get better up elsewhere, and they did. Yeah, they would take,
0: like, the top player in Ohio and say, y'all can have the rest.
1: Yeah, y'all can have the rest. Right, exactly. And quite frankly, Michigan State was able to take advantage of that, and Nebraska was able to take advantage of that, and they had things really rolling. Um, So – Again, I I think you have to be uh, committed to recruiting 24-7 and you have to have a dynamic staff. And if you make a mistake and and somebody's not working out on the staff, you have to be quick to pivot and and make some adjustments. And and I'll go back to Illinois with uh, Barry Lindy Lindy Jr., uh, the offensive coordinator. They just extended him yesterday. You know, and, and Bealma goes back to when he was a high school coach. He's been watching him, and now you know he's running that offense and got that thing smoking. And, and they're going to be able to do a good job recruiting. So you know, you're right, and, See,
0: as I think all of the noise, and they talked about it on the broadcast. I think it was either Matt Millen brought it up. They just need a, a, a receiver who could take the – take to yeah. go deep and take the top off, and
1: mm-hmm. because yeah, yeah,
0: coming back in that game, there was no deep threat like. Yeah. Illinois, man, it, it reminds me of Wisconsin 10 years ago when Bielema was there, pound the ball, pound the ball, tight end, tight end, pound the ball. But you're right. You always had that one receiver that mm-hmm. you could just stretch the field with. And I think, yeah, you're right. If you're Illinois, that's your top priority right there when you go into this recruiting cycle is is, is to try to pick up that person. But yeah, I, I just look at these teams, man, like Northwestern, mm-hmm. I I.